I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Well, what's going on with me? Uh, nothing. Uh, protests here in Minneapolis uh, for George Floyd's murder have calmed down. Uh, the police officer who murdered him went from third-degree murder to second-degree murder, which is good news. Uh, the other three police officers, I guess, are also getting charged with various uh, degrees of aiding and abetting. So there's some justice there. Uh, but, uh, the, the looting, that sort of thing, the places getting burned down and stuff, that's all pretty much calmed down. You don't see or hear much about that happening anymore. Uh, so around here, things have gotten a little more quieter. Uh, I guess 2020 falling into a resting state of protests over a man's murder, uh, global pandemic, and our government being absolutely terrifying. So that's good. That's, uh, that's progress for us, I suppose, in this year. For six months of it, anyways. And um, so beyond that, uh, nothing. What does a guy like me do? Eh, water lawn. I'm back at war with the dead spots in my lawn. Eh, these aren't things to talk about. These aren't things someone should be proud of. Uh, I realized recently that I still think about the time that a neighbor complimented my lawn and how it means so much to me and thought, when I was in my 20s, I never thought I'd become this person if just hyper-focused on something as silly as your lawn and loves it when a neighbor talks about the lawn. My next-door neighbor uh, came up with a big plan about how we can uh, have hostas along our shared property line and how we would just integrate the two seamlessly. And I thought, oh, yeah... I don't know anything about planting or hostas, but uh, the landscaping idea, yes. And then I went home and cried, because that's who I am now. I actually care about those kind of things. I got my kids. Uh, my daughter got a really cute haircut. She got a cut real, real short. Now she looks kind of badass, like she should be out protesting and stuff and be wearing, like, uh, all black with a big backpack, and she's, you know, putting out tear gas with a street cone and stuff just she looks awesome and so I was pretty proud of her I took pictures and stuff it's just darn cute and it was pretty bold for her because the school she goes to uh, all the girls have long hair and no girls have any other hair but long hair and uh, it's all got to look the same there's a lot of conformity in her uh, community and so I feel kind of bad for her but she decided to do this uh, so good for her it's very uh, brave of her so I was pretty proud that she's going to break the conformity in her high school and Hopefully, uh, you know, well, nobody will be a jerk about it. And that's it. I have nothing to talk about. I'm a boring little man. I need more hobbies besides podcasting. So with that, uh, let's get into this week's story. About the author? Uh, I can't find anything on the, the author, William Highsmith. 
He wrote a short story called Cubit Slip, uh, which was published in a collection of uh, short sci-fi stories called Thought Crime Experiments, Nine Stories, which was published in 2009. So, since I can't find anything on the author, I uh, will just read what the Thought Crime Experiments uh, goal was. They say that our aim uh, was to find mind-breakingly good science fiction fantasy stories that other editors had rejected and release them into the commons for readers to enjoy. My co-editor, Leonard, writes extensively on our methodology and aims in Appendix A. But the short version is we did it. Here it is, edited by Samana Hari Harwara and Leonard Richardson. I really butchered that name. I apologize for that. So, a modernish short sci-fi story that we'll be reading this week. So, uh, let's hope for the best. Cubit Slip by William Highsmith from the Thought Crime Experiments Collection. The elevator halted between floors, its indicator lights blinking, eh, too stupidly for a showcase smart building. Bob Torrent winced and dialed his office on his cell phone. But there was no signal. Even the elevator's emergency telephone line was dead. Oh, Bob pounded the door, then sat down. He started to work on a presentation for an upcoming meeting, but his laptop wouldn't power up. This is a bad sign because his company manufactured the laptop. Ugh. He stared at the blank screen, trying to connect the two failures. What, in this day and age, what company would that be? You have, like, two. A couple hours later, uh, the elevator car lurched in spasms. Uh, it slipped, and two burly hands forced the doors open. Bob jumped two feet down to floor level. Thanks, Brad. I was about to make a, a puddle in the corner. <laughs> And by the way, most everything in that elevator is broken. Yeah, the maintenance man smiled half-heartedly. Yeah, you were safer in there. Uh, most everything is broken everywhere. Uh, take a look outside. Outside? Police officers were managing, uh, managing accidents in two intersections. Uh, uh, that was a little unusual, but not unprecedented in Washington, D.C. But Bob had never seen traffic lights stuck on green in both directions. Ooh. Cable television was dead in Bob's office. But broadcast radio was working, uh, reporting an assortment of failures. Uh, trains, air traffic control, building uh, management systems, and ground traffic control. Bob peeked at uh, QPC number one on his bureau, the first quantum PC off strategic computing labs production line. The screen... Yeah, mocked its creator with internal error code 0x10003AFF. When SEO Sal James entered, his face confirmed Bob's suspicion. SCL was the world's majority supplier of quantum computers, uh, from microcontrollers uh, to supercomputers. Suddenly, that was no longer a bragging right, it was a disaster. 
The morning sun illuminated a metro rail schedule board a quarter mile from Bob's Torrance condominium. He couldn't read the lettering, but could tell metro rail was running today. It wouldn't be a, a bicycle day since the quantum crash. Bob was more fit than he had been 20 years before at MIT. Bob arrived at Station 45 minutes early for the 810 Crosstown. The crowd was still fighting for seats on 615, which had not yet arrived. When the board showed 615 Crystal City canceled, he decided it would be a bicycle day after all. Yeah, Bob peddled round protesters as the approached Strategic Computing Labs Foundation established to help mitigate the quantum crash. He laced through the crowds unnoticed in his jeans and pizza delivery shirt. He paused in the lobby to watch a news story of a Washington Beltway professor from George Washington University. Twenty years ago, shares of any company that could spell quantum computer topped the investment charts. Now... You couldn't trade them for uh, a bucket of spit. Jeez, muttered Bob as he went upstairs. He found Sal resting between the fourth and fifth floors. Eh, it's getting tough, old, huh? Said Bob. If you could trust elevators, Sal flexed his left knee. I used to be able to straighten that one. Some trains are running uh, now. Maybe elevators are next. If that's a hint, it won't work. Getting the airlines back in the air is more important, and Bob circled that amount to wry humor. We could hijack the conference room on this floor. Sal's face showed obvious relief. Ah, that would be lovely. Public safety, said Sal. Raphael? Yeah, push to talk radio service. They should be online in a week. But there's no inter-service voice networking except for fire and police supervisor. Raphael glanced over his glasses nervously at Sal. 70% of uh, EMT crews are active. Uh, That's real progress, Raphael. How about mobile internet access uh, for my police and sheriffs? Uh, Well, uh, maybe a month? Raphael cringed. Nah, two months. The correct answer is one month, Sal quickly wrote. Yeah, one of his patent check marks in his notebook, which made his uh, statement uh, an irreverent. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Irrecable contract. Critical infrastructure, Meredith? The correct answer is one month, Sal quickly wrote in his patent check marks in his notebook, which made his statement an irrecable contract. Power distribution is not an issue, said Sal. If it were an issue, We'd be all out of work. Is it really an issue, Meredith? Well, I guess not. Or soon it won't be. I'll need done. Headley, make sure Meredith has everything she needs by Thursday. Meredith, uh, make sure I am happy a month after that, okay? Sal checkmarked his notebook twice. Headley saluted. Yes, sir. The unstated task will suffer no unseen problems because... Fine, Headley. How about power generation, Meredith? Power gen equipment is grossly outdated, so it works great. Wonderful. Water management? Wastewater management is an issue with the tropical weather season and the south fast approaching. I've run out of warm bodies. You know, I read a story before this episode which was very similar to the meticulous nature, uh, and this is already getting under my skin. Sal stretched his arms out in mock outrage toward ponytailed Headley. 
Why does a Meredith uh, have more warm bodies, Headley? Did you hear the passion in her voice? I'm in tears here. Sal, my friend, was it not you who stole hers last month for transportation? Headley crossed the Birkenstocked feet of the conference table for emphasis. Headley, is it not your job to make out a fool? That is my job. It's your job to get temps for Meredith. Okay, so already they're talking about fools, and it's entirely meticulous. This is just like Day of the Moron. Shall I? No! Do not steal them back from transportation. Find some fresh ones. Okay. Bob, you saw how I suffered climbing the stairs in this conference room, said Sal. Uh, you will not rub salt in my wounds, will you? Uh, now give me your space-born computing platform report. Yeah, there are no new issues. Great. But all the old ones have worsened. Bob, you are a jackass. Bob and Sal took a chance on the elevator lottery and won. Life would not be worth living if the press learned that the nation's director of strategic computing had succumbed to his own monster, quantum computers, in the embedded systems. Sal didn't mind the lights. Eh, Heating and air conditioning were wonky, but misbehaving elevators were unforgivable. In an answer, eh, my question, Bob... And what about my spaceborne computing platform? Sal thumped his notebook. See, no check marks in weeks. And comparing the quality of the spacecraft's conventional telemetry link to its quantum uh, broadband link, it's a measure of uh, mm, quantum misbehavior. It's not an ideal test, but taxi service to the platform is dead in the water. Bob noticed the newsfeed video screen. Look, it's that guy again. The jackass from GWU. Oh, him, said Sal. He prances around at every news service in town. They'll give him ten seconds to trash us. Oh, he trashes us well. Hey, who's that guy in the back? Bob planted a finger on the screen of a figure in a ball cap, trench coat, and sunglasses. See a sign? Our Zellinger bit spaces clumpy. Now, what if they are, said Sal, wherever they are? Um, if quantum bit spaces are clumpy, then we're screwed. Our quantum microprocessors assume bit spaces are nice and regular. Get them for me, Sal. Yeah, really? Yeah. That's why he's hanging on the news hogtails. Bob peeked out the window. Never mind, crowd's gone. It's a ten-minute bike ride. See ya. Bob, pedal to the Library of Congress. The crowd had thinned, and he saw a likely figure with a sign at a street corner. The trench-coated quantum protester had unexpectedly famine an attractive face. Hi, I saw you on TV, and I biked here quick like a bunny. I liked your quantum protest sign a lot. She smiled and handed him her card. And you are a physicist, right? Yeah, Bob Torrent. Chief Scientist at Lab's uh, Strategic Computing Labs Foundation. Ah, I know you. You're an MIT brat, too. Yeah, I read your stack of papers. Bob looked at her card and laughed. Miss Marcia Kwan, physicist. That's all it says. If I had a life, it would say more, Dr. Torrent. Oh, please. It's actually spelled that way. P-U-H-L-E-A-S-E. Call me Bob. Bob invited Marcia to a coffee shop to reminisce about MIT. Marcia had recently finished her doctoral program and was doing some postdoctoral work and teaching. 
Okay, Marcia, tell me why I care about clumpy Zellinger bit spaces. No, they broke your little computers, I think, she said. I researched the idea that bit spaces are non-uniformly distributed. Eh, eh, at the time, that was mathematical curiosity. Uh, like, what if some exotic particle had negative mass? But when I squeezed some of the little buggers between geranium slices, uh, they decohered as expected, but inconsistently. So that's how my quantum computers became fuzzy computers. Quantum states are no longer predictable. There could be areas with less informational potential is the term I've come up with, said Marcia. Bob sighed. A lovely project, even though you've shot me through the heart. Yeah, thank you, said Marcia, and she emitted a snort uh, that she covered with her two fingers. That means a lot to me, coming from you. So how far apart are your clumps? Centimeters? Uh, light years? Millions of miles, I guess, since computers ran fine for 20 years. Ah, good point. And we don't have a clue when or if they will end. Uh, Marcia, how would you like to investigate the scope of the clumpiness for a while? Ooh, sounds fun. Bob thumped the entry system to the network control center and ushered in Marcia. I got visited by several gray-suited gentlemen, uh, but uh, didn't get asked out once. Ah, a security interview. The only possible explanation for your lack of being hit on. Oh, my God. Neckties, white shirts, polished shoes, everything I find frightening. Sorry, this is a secondary facility, but we cannot, uh, we can move spacecraft here. Bob demonstrated the ground-to-ship telemetry links and quantum broadband links uh, for the Spaceborne Computing Platform, uh, the SCP. It uh, relayed experimental data among research and military spacecraft and surface stations. Uh, Bob showed Marcia's experiment to compare the SCP's traditional radio link with uh, its quantum radio link. Maria's face, ooh, lit up with possibilities. Oh, you found a clean way to compare old technology with new. My bag of tricks include polar orbit satellites, equatorial spacecrafts, planetary explorers, and deep space prober, too. And with surface ships and airships, said Marcia, we could map pockets of resistance in your quantum rebellion. I especially liked the we in that statement. Uh, Marcia fought off a smile. Oh, what? We, uh, we physicists? Uh, we boys and girls? Uh, uh. Oh, yeah, we boy physicists and girl physicists, said Bob. <laughs> Marcia cataloged every 30-second window during which the spacecraft had a line of sight with another craft. Bob identified which of Maria's candidates were useful considering the craft's missions, power systems, and the safety of modifying their software. Bob spent the next few weeks with domain experts developing scripts on a simulator to support the experiments. Bob Marcia met later and began a data-gathering marathon. You've heard about uh, winter brownouts in the northeast sector, said Meredith, poking Sal's chest. Some of your cannibalized equipment was substandard. Riots tend to discourage temps, so turnover is high. Training costs are killing me. Headley, find some training and conflict resolution consultants for Meredith, said Sal. 
Yeah, Bob stood up to leave. Eh, where you going, Torrid? said Sal. Yeah, Bob shrugged. Please, uh, stay a minute longer. I've got some uh, unpleasantness. Ah, uh, sure. Bob made a quick call and sat down. The faces of the room turned sullen. Speaking of Congress... Now, who is speaking of Congress? said Headley. Guys, Congress slashed my budget. I have to cut one program. No one thinks twice uh, about the year it takes to resurface a mile of roadway, but when the entire infrastructure needs an overhaul, they must have it now. This is sounding so much like the last story I read. What are you cutting? said Headley. Oh, transportation. I've got feeling that we'd lose that to the feds anyways, uh, just as uh, we'd lost energy. Harold? Yes. Harold tensed up in his chair. That's some bad news. You're going to have to work with Meredith. Harold blinked for a second. No! Exclamation point, he said. Relief unfolded in his face. Now, that's not funny, said Meredith. Well, I could use the help. Water, power, electric is a lot. Dot, 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 for a girl. Ugh, she said with a smile. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> Thanks, Meredith. Uh, you've been an inspiration. I've been going to offer Bob a Girl Scout job. That's obviously out of the window. Oh, my God. This is just getting worse. And there's a bug on my screen. <laughs> Get off. Sorry. We need more spacecraft, said Bob. I was hoping uh, work wouldn't be mentioned tonight. When do you suppose the movie projector will start working? Yeah, you better uh, know than anyone else on this planet, Marcia. It's probably the broadband feed that failed. Bob took his pen from his pocket and nervously drummed the armrest of his theater seat. Yeah, what's wrong? Well, we need more samples to prop up our report. It, uh, yeah, it feels thin. We've run out of craft to bounce signals off of, said Marcia. We crudely measured the migration the size of quantum holes. It is what it is. Yeah. We have nor'easters of increasingly low information potential passing through our space-time coming generally from the center of the galaxy. Is it like weather, isn't it? said Bob. She leaned in against his shoulder. Oh, boy. Heavy quantum precipitation will fall on polar regions with drought conditions prevailing along the equator for the next six months. I love it when you talk physics. Uh, the Northern Hemisphere will have partly cloudy quantum weather for two years. As with all weather predictions, more uh, six days out, caution is advised. That's it, then. Microscopic it is, said Bob. Beats what we've done before. Bob raised the armrest between them. Marcia then shot up in her seat. And what an idiot! What? Bob's face turned red. I'm sorry, I thought it would be more uh, comfortable. No, silly, what you said. I just had a quantum epiphany. We had great microscopic measurements, but we need to do more microscopic ones. Suppose the clumps are clumpy. Bob scratched his chin. Suppose our clumps, large clumps, are composed of bazillions of microscopic clumps. Oh, there's the bug again. <laughs> there we go. Now he's gone. Okay. How is that effectively different? Well, maybe we could do something about it. And uh, no, seriously? Dot, 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 question mark, unquote. Bob! 
Have you logged any billable hours this month? Said Sal. He flashed a twisted smile in Marcia's direction. Oh, Bob snorted. We're busy doing the work of the Empire, Sal. You'd be impressed if we charged you what we're worth this month. All I'm getting out of this so far is free beer and bad puns, said Marcia. Bob turned red again. Oh, and this woman here, Miss, dot, 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 question mark, Marcia Kwan. Miss Kwan is helping, too, uh, a little. Then I'll buy her lunch and a nice hat, said Sal. Oh, my God. Sal, I've got your naive memo about saving semiconductor foundries, said Bob. Uh, why fight that losing battle when we can change the rules? I'm waiting to be impressed, said Sal. This woman and I have assessed our present quantum storm, as we call it. Here's your report. Bob tossed a printed report into Sal's lap. I know you won't believe it, unless it's written on a dead tree. In short, we think the present misbehavior of quantum computers is a natural phenomenon, a design flaw of the computer. Oh, you're blaming God? Uh, Does he have refunds? said Sal. Think of it as a eh, passing rain. And when will the uh, sun shine again, said Sal. Best guesstimation, two years. Ah, Sal sighed. Gonna be two weeks or twenty years? Oh, there's a bug again. (laughs) Uh, Must it end the same time as quantum retreat program? Sorry, Sal. When will the next storm arrive? Yeah, the present one is the only storm you've noticed since the first experimental qubit was lit up in a lab. Yeah, we should have had hundreds of tiny storms. I get it, you're clueless, said Sal. That is, the weather analogy weakened, said Marcia. Earth weather is a closed system. If you include effects of the sun and nearby objects, a quantum storm is not closed, unless you consider uh, uh, the entire universe. Yeah, let's not, said Sal. God... Physicists are annoying. This is a pathetic plea for research funds, Bob. It's not pathetic, it's strategic. Marcia and I are going to fix it, Bob crossed his arms emphatically. This is part of this People's Skills Act, said Bob. Next, he'll integrate himself onto you by telling you uh, what a slug he is and how indispensable you are. This is part of his People's Skills Act, said Bob. Wow, they just repeated that line. Yep, the same line being repeated. Well, this is what you get when you get public domain books. You weren't listening, Torrent? Question mark. I already told her what I, uh, what a slug I am. Now you've ruined my spiel. Marcia, thanks a hell of a lot. Yeah, it's been lovely, Marcia. Let a nervous uh, sigh escape. Bob gathered Marcia under his arm. Oh, don't ask Torrent, Sal. <laughs> really? You got nothing. Spill it, said Sal. We need some good news. Bob squeezed Marcia. We believe, Dash. Not yet, said Marcia. We need more time. Bob was revising his quantum information potential assessment report by adding references to Marcia's earlier work. He received a call from Marcia, who told him to turn on the TV. Ah, Bob's stomach wrenched. An industrial accident had disabled one of only three factories that produce uh, special resins needed by semiconductor foundries around the world. 
Uh, one of the other two had closed indefinitely for review since they used similar processes. Great. Are you ready to talk, Marcia? This baby's gonna pop any minute. Critical infrastructure? Said Sal. Meredith, never mind. It's reboot time. Our schedule is kaput until we assess the damage of our plans. Frankly, I wouldn't be surprised to uh, come into some morning to find the doors padlocked. The group gasped at uh, the room. Sal rarely spoke so negatively. 2020 hindsight informs us that we should have heeded the 1993 accident at one of the same resin factories. That episode crippled the electronics industry and fanned a recession. Headley stood up. Uh, how bad'll get? Oh, dreadful. The economy's worse now since 1993, so I imagine the story is written in 1993, because no one remembers what the heck this guy's talking about. Madre de Dios, said Raphael, kicking the empty energy chair across the room. The bug. <laughs> the quantum semiconductor industry is shutting down while the conventional semiconductor market is starting back up. Oh, now the fuel of that shift has been sucked dry. But our mission has not changed. To return our infrastructure to, uh, excuse me, all eyes turn toward the door. Four District of Columbia police officers, some eh, suits, and a congressman entered the conference room. Sorry, Sal, said the congressman Bennett. Nothing I do about it. I wanted to be here so you'd know I still support you. Sal knew the drill. No one could remove papers from their offices. The Strategic Computing Labs Foundation program was over. Sal... Congressman, I have a very strong recovery program to pitch to you, said Bob. This is the worst possible time to do this. Oh, it's already done, said the congressman plainly. All work products remain properly at the federal government according to your employment contracts. Bob convinced Sal and the group to meet in a nearby hotel lobby. Okay, guys. That was painful, said Bob. Yeah, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, sure, said Headley. You got no kids. Hear me out, Headley. You might want to sit down, Sal. Oh, I hate it that much. Oh, yes. Sal sat down and the other smiled for a moment. Here is a deal. Sal, I need your yacht. <laughs> Sal laughed nervously. Um, okay, but can I hear a bit more? Yeah, of course. My plan was to scuttle this group before someone did it for us, so... That's easy to say now, said Sal. Makes you look like a genius. Oh, bug. <laughs> no, it's true, said Marcia. I want to leave you and Headley in place, said Bob, a profile small enough to go under the radar. You'd keep the organization alive for a year and a half. You know, baffle them with bullshit. Send them more reports, and then they can absorb... That's what I do now, or did, said Sal. Oh, I know that. But you weren't supposed to admit that in front of the kids. Bob eyed the others. Your real job is to run our new semiconductor company. In a year's time, we'll produce a new generation of quantum microcomputers that can retrofit up to 40% of the existing products. And will be the only choice for a new product development. Jesus, Moses, and Mohammed, said Sal. Is that all? No. Uh, while we organize, you'll 
contact foundries and set up a distribution channel. Uh, you also grease the path for us, uh, not the world, with our ability to unbreak things, even uh, with the year's hiatus. We'll take years off the original schedule you had, Sal. Uh, and the yacht? Seed money! There is a one dime of venture capital now, especially for quantum computing. Bob breathed deeply. I'll throw in my condo and Marcia's too. So, uh, condos aren't the most expensive things in the world. And a yacht, you know, is expensive, but doesn't fund an entire organization. When was this written? I had to look that up. Marcia slapped him on the arm. Ah, the hell you will. Your stuff is that good? said Sal. Uh, that's why I keep Marcia around, said Bob. She figured out that quantum clumpiness is a microscopic scale and would uh, and then design a semiconductor geometry that would compensate for non-uniformity. Uh, that's why I keep Bob around, said Marcia. <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue how to exploit technology in the real world. I assume you're preparing patent applications, said Sal. Oh, already filed. Whose names are in the inventor's field, said Sal. Bob smiled. The intellectual property is Marcia alone. She's been consulting with me for fun. Sal hobbled around the room for a while. You're adequate scientists, but you're both complete nimrods if you attempt this. Oh, bug. (sighs) (sighs) Bob's face went back. But Sal... Why work so bloody hard when you're doomed to fail? Kids these days. Sal clucked his tongue at them till the crestfallen faces faces stabilized. You kids haven't a clue. Uh, What do we take to pull this off? Bob slumped in his chair. Fortunately, you have me, said Sal. If you're right about your secret sauce, I could license it. Uh, five or six months, the companies have resources to do properly. Large companies with people of money, serious money, and worker bees staring at idle production lines. Uh, that's what it takes, kids. Major resources. Not the chump change, a yacht, and a condo will raise. Oh, good, he's agreeing with me. Oh, how the hell do you think strategic uh, computing labs took off, said Sal, because he had a great idea on a sheet of paper? Yeah, we had you. That's right, pal. Now, after I do it again, we can all reform our little group as a self-funded leisure hobby. We'll meet uh, once a month on the yacht. The rest of the time, we'll manage our relationships with our licensed partners. None of us will suffer, believe me. Believe me. Oh, I'm burping, and there's a bug on my screen again. (laughs) Got him. Including us, said Headley. uh, Headley. Sal put his hand over his heart. Headley, that really hurt. Of course, all of us. We'll be busier than ever. Well, what do you think, kids? It's sweet, said Bob. That's why we all keep you around, Sal, said Marcia. Um, your secret sauce won't stop working if the quantum storm goes away, will it? wasn't the worst thing I've ever read uh, as far as public domain books go. I think I expected more because it's a modern story. Uh, yeah, but you know, there's still some 
Not like a lot of sexism, but just some kind of not helpful writing of women in this story. But uh, it's a a future world where uh, quantum physics powers everything, especially with with their computing. And uh, they find that there's problems coming because uh, it's like a storm. Quantum computing goes through its ups and downs. And Marcia is uh, the woman that figures it all out. Uh, Full of a lot of detail about how the computers are built and uh, the factories that maintain the supplies they need to produce these products and uh, things. A lot like the last story, uh, Moron, uh, The Day of the Moron. Uh, just a lot of detail that you just don't need. I mean, unless you find production, uh, assembly line, factory settings exciting and thrilling. But, uh, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it wasn't the worst thing, it wasn't the best thing. But, you know, it's better than some of the stuff written a hundred years ago, which is just horribly sexist and racist and everything else. So, eh, there you go. Take it for what it's worth. I guess this story, if I want to tie it into what I said earlier... My life has gone back to becoming, uh, or back to being just mundane. And this story was, uh, uh, mundane as well. Uh, should be exciting, but, uh, you know, left up to the individual. Authoring it, it's just kinda, eh. Much like me. Leave it up to me to run my own life, and everything's just kinda, eh. So there you go. Maybe something thrilling will happen. (laughs) Which... If you would have said a year ago, oh, would you, would you still be in a malaise, Glen, when there's mass protests around the country and around the world, all based on something that happened in your city, uh, that sparks it anyways, uh, then a global pandemic and people you know becoming sick from the pandemic, would you still be bored, Glen? Uh, a year ago I would have said no. Uh, I would be terrified uh, and just thinking that uh, the world has gone off the rails. But, uh, nope, here I am uh, in a malaise. So I guess the moral to today's story is uh, uh, with perspective, or uh, everything can be boring. So with that, thanks for listening, and I uh, hope you tune in next week. <laughs>